Welcome to the Andrea Ingstrom Show. I am passionate about helping you break through to your next level of abundance, success, and freedom so that you can create the life you desire and inspire others to do the same. I'm your host, Andrea Ingstrom, and on today's show, we're going to talk about being a high-performing business owner and balancing the responsibilities of a household. So this episode is for all of our sisters out there who are mompreneurs. Welcome to the show, Dr. Sherry Fluallen. Thank you so much, Andrea. I'm so excited at what we're going to talk about today. Yeah. So for our listeners who don't know her yet, Dr. Sherry Fluellen is a high performance coach. She's certified with Brendan Burchard. She's a psychologist and she and her husband, JP, have a real estate team in Cheyenne, Wyoming and are real estate investors and coaches and the parents of four amazing kids. So Sherry, tell us a little bit about your business today. So, uh, it's interesting because I have so many different things that I'm involved in and interested in. Also help uh, lead and run a coaching organization that trains other coaches. And, um, but what has happened over the years is I've really gone to understand like, what am I truly passionate about and what matters the most to me? And I've tried to let go of all the things that don't kind of serve those things that don't align in that way. Um, but I love real estate, love real estate investing, love what it does for my family. Uh, and I love my family. I love working with women and couples on, you know, how they can contribute to their family. It, it just, there's just so many things, so many things. You know what? Yeah. I, I think Marie Forleo calls this a multi-passionate entrepreneur. And there's so many women that can relate to what they're, what you're saying is that, you know, we have so many passions and desires and so many of those things that, um, we'll look at that go, well, this is going to be great for my family if I do this, but I'm also really passionate about helping people in this way. So I know a lot of people could just relate to what you were just talking about. Um, but share with us, like, how did you get into business? Like, what was your entrepreneurial journey like? So, uh, you know, I, it's interesting because I didn't think about becoming an entrepreneur until it kind of happens or until like the decision was made. But when I look back, I see so many moments where I could, you know, they kind of led up to that entrepreneurial spirit. For me, it's all about like, I don't like people telling me what to do. And I always look for legal loopholes. I always look for like, how can I get the thing without having to actually do it? One example of this in high school, <clears throat> I'm probably dating myself, but in high school, uh, guest jeans were all the rage. Heck Yeah. Like, Right. But I couldn't afford guest jeans. My parents didn't buy me brand new stuff. Um, I often had to get hand-me-downs. Well, there was also a brand name that was out at the time called Palmetto. Do you remember those? I do. I do. Right. So here's the thing. One of the things that people used to do with their guest jeans is they would rip the patch off the butt and there would be this dark like triangle and people would know like, oh, those were guest jeans, even though they don't have the patch on them. So what I would do is I would... <clears throat> rip off the patches of my palmettos so that it also would have the triangle. Um, and then I would also take my, uh, I think I had one pair of guest jeans that I got used somewhere uh -huh. <laughs> and I would take the patch off and I would put them on another pair of jeans. So, so like I was like figuring out how do I work with what I have, but not have to like buy into the, you know, the expensive things. So, yeah. Well, I look back at all those moments where I was like, how can I get what I want without, you know, what kind of, what are the loopholes? So basically, um, after I got my psychology degree, uh, my uh, PhD, I had figured out I would like my best option in getting trained 
was with the military. So I jumped into the military for five years as a psychologist. Amazing, amazing experience and training. Um, but I knew that that wasn't like the lifestyle I wanted because that was also the baby making stage. So yeah. I, got, I had four babies while I was in the military. Oh my goodness. <laughs> yeah. And um, so I knew that that wasn't the thing. I didn't want to be deployed and away from my kids for long periods of time. So I was like, well, what's the step out after the military? And I was like, well, obviously, I don't know why it was so obvious, but I'm like, obviously I'm going to open up a private practice. And so that was my first kind of step into the entrepreneurial world. world. And I don't know why that seemed like the only option, but it did. And that's what I did. I love it. I love it. Well, I love that clarity that you had even early on. And I think so many of us as entrepreneurs, like what you described with like your, your hack with the jeans and all of that is that we figure out how to make it work and we figure out how to get what we want. Um, even when it doesn't seem feasible in other ways, like we're bootstrappers, yeah. right? Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. So you and I had a great conversation the other day about the unique challenges that moms face when building a business. I've got four kids, you've got four kids. So I feel like we know a little bit about this area here, yeah. but like, what are some of the common things that you hear from moms who are entrepreneurs? So I've really been digging into this over the past month or so. Um, and partly because I'm in the process of kind of building out a coaching program specifically for moms that are entrepreneurs, that are um, high level execs, that are, you know, kind of professionals. Mm -hmm. And one of the most common things that I'm, I'm, I'm hearing, and like, these are some of my experiences too, but you know, I don't want to assume everybody has experiences like me. Mm -hmm. um, but one of the most common things I'm hearing is that the, the, the question of, am I really giving my kids my best me? Mm -hmm. Am I doing enough? Am I really present enough? Am I on my phone too much? You know, I heard that from a real estate agent. Am I on my phone too much when I am at home? Am I really present? It's there. Am I enough yeah. in the home sphere that I'm hearing a lot? And I absolutely still do question that myself almost yeah. every day. Like, okay, in this moment, am I enough? Like, am I doing enough? Am I being the way that I want to be right now with my kids and my husband? Don't forget my husband, but my kids. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I wonder, you know, and you mentioned your husband, like, I wonder if guys have these same thoughts, like no. do husbands and dads, does it ever occur to them? There's not a term called dadpreneurs because it's just <laughs> entrepreneurs. We or had to like, guilt? yeah, is there, I don't think there's dad guilt. I think no. we have mom guilt. We have mompreneurs. We have all these terms that are unique wow. because we have this sort of unique experience where I think a lot of us as women because we carry the baby and we it's it's sort of like our primary responsibility to nurture the infant and and to raise that kiddo it sort of falls falls on us to to champion that at the at the most primary level and yeah. it's something that continues and i think a lot of moms would say and i wouldn't trade it for the world like that's exactly i mean that's i choose that that's what i want and so that's why i think we also have that sort of mom guilt or that questioning, like, am I, am I being everything that everyone needs me to be? And so what are, what are your thoughts on that? Like, do you feel like that's a, is it unique to women? Is it, is it a, is it, do dads do that too? <laughs> I have yet to meet a dad that has that strong, as strong of a sense of uh, family commitment in the way that women uh, often speak about it. So, I mean, I believe that we are hardwired to, you know, we have 
as typically women have the nurturing side. Like that's just, Mm -hmm. I believe that's how God, God designed us, God built us. And so, so there is a very special and unique role that we have in the home that I personally, like I can't abdicate. I can't give it up, nor should I like that's, that's Mm -hmm. part of, part of me at the same time. There are some gifts and skills that I believe I've been given and experiences that if I waste those experiences or some of those hardships, then what's the purpose of those hardships? Uh, And so, so I think there's this interesting, how can we do both? How can we, how can we be the, the person that we believe we're designed to be at home? And how can we also have a contribution outside of the home when we are feeling called to do that as well? Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, one of the things, the terms that I've become more familiar with over the last couple of years, and maybe it's a newer term that I don't know if you've heard this, but it's called the mental load that in every household, there is a certain level of mental load that typically like in most homes, it's the woman that carries the mental load for the household. Absolutely. Yeah. I have a great, have a great example yesterday. Okay. So my husband, <clears throat> Okay, so we're, we have some stereotypical, di, you know, d- division of labor in our household, and I'm okay with that. Husband gets to take care of the vehicles. <clears throat> so the, the AC went out on our car like a couple weeks ago. We were driving. I'm like, why is it so hot in here? Fortunately, it's not super hot summer yet, but we're like, okay, we need to get the AC fixed. So he gets it scheduled. He drops a car off yesterday, <clears throat> and we have three vehicles. We have a car, a SUV, <coughs> excuse me, and a truck. So our car is a two-seater, like our little car is a two-seater. So can't pick up the kids in that after school, right? Because there's no work for that unless I shove them in the trunks, (laughs) Um, which is not going to happen. And so our SUV is in the shop. And so he takes off like mid-afternoon in the truck to to go to a meeting. And I'm sitting here, I'm like, as I see him drive away in the, you know, I'm like thinking, when is he going to be back? Because I'm supposed to pick up the kids in like two hours. And so I'm texting him. I'm like, okay, you know, here's the deal. Like you either need to get the kids or you need to come back in time for me then to have the truck to get the kids. And so he doesn't respond. And so like two hours later, I have to call him. It's like 15 minutes before the kids need to get picked up. I call him and I'm like, dude, like, which one is it? Like he never saw my text, but I think that's an example of the mental load. Like he was clueless. Like, oh, there's some logistical challenge that I just created. Mm-hmm. He didn't think about it. I was. Yeah, no. And it's, you know, and it's, that's a great example. And, and I think in every household, there's, there's a whole kind of literally a laundry list that includes laundry, but also, you know, grocery shopping, meal planning, yeah. Yeah. scheduling doctor's appointments, dentist appointments, signing kids up for school stuff, making sure that there's a way for them to get to and from school stuff. Um, making sure people have clothes to wear. I know everybody listening is probably like, yes, and I'm exhausted. I'm exhausted. You know, and I think I sent you this TikTok the other day and it was actually a divorce attorney who was, who was sharing this dynamic saying, you know, the majority of people sitting in my office today are talking about this, this issue that women are tired because not only are they now you know, carrying some of the financial load for the household. Many of them are the breadwinners in their house, in addition to carrying the majority of the mental load. And even if they, you know, even if their husbands or their partners um, help, you know, this idea of like helping, but even the idea of that they are helping you means that you're the one carrying the load of the responsibility. And so it's a real, it's a real challenge that I think some women don't even know how to put their finger on. They're just tired and they're frustrated, you know, and 
I think it's, I think it's a big challenge, especially for a, a mompreneur or an entrepreneur who has kids and a family and everything, because now we are like, when you decide that you're going to start a business, you also carry the entire mental load for your business. You don't just get to clock in as an employee. Yeah. It's like a whole nother mental load. And for a lot of us, we're carrying multiple of those because we are multi-passionate entrepreneurs and we want to do all the things, right? Right. But to flip the script on that is we are wired and have had so much experience multitasking and juggling so many things that why wouldn't we use that skill set and just, yeah. you know, and, and be able to run a business? I love that attitude so much. So let's talk about that more. What are some of the advantages because we are women? What are some of the advantages that we have as an entrepreneur? Uh, so here's another example. I don't mm -hmm. mean to throw my husband under the bus so many times, but you know, no, we love JP. <laughs> we love Josiah. Our guys are great. Our guys yeah, are great. He's great. So, um, so our, uh, our assistant in our real estate business, um, she, <clears throat> we, we paid for her to get her license, her real estate license. So she can level up her ability to support us a little bit more. And so she literally took it last Thursday <clears throat> and passed. Yay. Yay. And so we have our Friday morning meeting with our team. And so my husband goes out to get burritos as he does every Friday morning. And I'm like, Hey, why don't you stop by and get a bouquet of flowers and a card as like to celebrate or in a balloon to celebrate her. And he's like, Oh, that's a good idea. And he's like, and that's why I have you around because I never would have thought of that. Yeah. So yeah. there's a nurture again, that's like our nurturing part coming out that completely didn't even, you know, he's just like, how do I get people to produce more? You know, which yeah. I value that part of him, but we we can bring a very unique aspect to to our business that 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 can connect with people on an emotional level. Yeah, I love it. You know, there are there are so I think there's a lot of studies done about this, but the that the idea that a woman who is a mom is actually, she is better wired to run a big company than her male counterparts because of that ability to multitask, to not freak out when things are a little chaotic, um, to be able to think clearly in challenging situations and yeah. be able to, you know, to make critical decisions that benefit all of her people yeah. and, um, and be able to, to think with that nurturing in mind, as well as with practical business sense. Yeah. And so I, I think women are, are, have, have a lot of advantage because we have been doing it for so long in our households, most of us. Absolutely. And, you know, I would tie it back to emotional intelligence. Um, yeah. so many of the, so much research has been done over the last decade on emotional intelligence and big business. And emotional intelligence has a much higher correlation to success than general intelligence or the kind of when you're like, oh, they're so smart. That's general intelligence. Yeah. And women, we have the capacity, I think, easier for that emotional intelligence because we pick up on things more intuitively than others, you know, than than men in general. Um, mm -hmm. And obviously, you know, there's differences in every gender, but I just think there's a capacity there that just makes us naturally a better fit. And when you can hone in on that, you know, where the other person's at, some of those micro uh, behaviors that they're doing, they give indications about how they're thinking or how they're feeling. Like those are the nuances that can make success, make or break success kind of in the long term. 
I love it. I love it. So Dr. Sherry, you are a Brendan Burchard, high performance coach. I'm such a fan. Um, I love, I love helping people um, step into their next level of success with productivity. And we share that in common. So let's talk about some of the keys to high performance. What are some things that you think are really critical um, in people stepping into their next level of success as a high performer? So uh, first of all, the reason I love Brendan is because <clears throat> it's it's research based. Yes. When I when I was thinking <clears throat> when I was thinking about coaching and leadership development and all of these things back when I had a private practice and I was functioning as a mental health psychologist, <clears throat> I kept on coming across people like, "Hey, do that." You know, this is what how you can become successful. But I kind of label it as Billy Bob's theory about how to become successful. Like everybody. Everybody has their like their path, right? Like do what I did. And I'm like, I don't really want to like follow do what he did because maybe that's not going to work for me. So what I love about Brendan is that this is like over a decade, uh, two decades almost now at this point of research all over the world, all, you know, all ages, all economic statuses, all cultures, like that doesn't matter. These are, he's, he's kind of drilled down through, uh, <clears throat> through statistics, which I, have a background in, so I appreciate them, um, on what really matters. And so there are things like getting clarity. The yes. more clear you are on what matters and therefore where you want to go, then you can stop doing all the crap that is filling up your life that really doesn't matter, that's really not contributing, uh, <clears throat> which then allows you to be more productive. I love it. And then when you're more productive, you have more energy because you're actually doing things that move the ball forward. And so it's just like, so energy, productivity, uh, clarity are three of the aspects, not, not the only ones, but three of the aspects that are really critical in kind of high performing. I love it. So clarity is something that we focus on a lot in, in our conversations in um, my Facebook group, the Bold Women in Business Sisterhood. Um, we talk so much about clarity because, and I think for women especially, um, this is something that we don't spend enough time focusing on because most of us as women are so focused on how, like what is going to make everybody around us happy and comfortable and we're taking care of everybody else that we don't take time to stop and ask ourselves, you know, what do I really want? What yeah. is, you know, what do I want my life to look like? What are my goals? Because I think one of the keys to accomplishing goals is, is that level of clarity. Like you have to have clarity of where you're headed. So what are some things that, that our listeners can, can do to gain clarity? Yeah. So, well, as you were saying that, Andrea, uh, it, I, I was having conversation with another gal yesterday and uh, she was explaining to me that very thing that she's like, I find myself to be a people pleaser. Like I'm trying to make my kids happy, you know, cause that's, I mean, it's kind of our job, not like yeah. part of our role. I mean, they don't have to be happy. They have to, but you know, but she was like, I'm trying to make them happy. I'm trying to make my husband happy. I'm trying to make all these people happy. And so she's like, and at the end of the day, like I'm not happy because I end up, you know, stepping all over myself. And so, so that's a real, definitely a realization for a lot of women um, that we can get stuck in that position of trying to serve everybody else, but we're not getting served in the way that we need. Um, so for clarity, honestly, <clears throat> there, there is a, an exercise that I, um, that I've done and I love to do with, with, with women or really anybody. And it's called a value sort. And all it is, is basically 
it's it's a card about or a stack of cards like a deck of playing cards that I have, and they all have different values on it. And um, so we go through the card the cards and be like, okay, choose all the values that like when you look at them, you're like, yes, but that's what I'm about. And usually when women go through this, <clears throat> they will identify like twelve to fifteen different cards, right? Uh-huh. That's a lot of values. Not saying that they're not true, but that's that's a lot of things to try to focus on. And so I challenge them through some questions over and over and over and get them to whittle down to like three to four at the most, really get laser focused on what are the most important values for you in your life. Start there, because once you understand what those values are, and if those values are around, <clears throat> like, for example, some t- uh, two, two of the values that have that I've kind of battled with over the years um, that are sometime in conflict one is the value of being able to spend time, uh, precious time, quality mm. time with my kids, like highly value that. But because of how I was raised, <coughs> my mom was a stay at home mom. Amazing. I had a great childhood. Um, but she, I mean, our house was always clean. Like she always cleaned. She made bread. Like I, I still can vision like the red uh, bread rising on our windowsill covered with a little towel. Um, so like I had a great, I mean, I had a great mom, but then as I become a mom, I'm like, ah, like how can I keep up with that, with what I was given? And so there's this vision of what the ideal mom is. And I'm struggling with, with keeping up with that. And so I had this value of this is what a good mom is. Um, you know, which, which has some perfectionistic tendencies in there, but this is, this is also what a good mom is, is being present. How can I do both at the same time, especially when I've got this business to run and do all these things? Like I, you know, I can't do it all. I have to choose. And so that's an example of, there's like two values that once I understood, oh, there's this perception of a mother that I feel like I need to do in order to feel good about myself when I can see it and label it then I can choose to change it. And so I have adopted a different perspective. I've kind of kicked that one out of my brain, kicked that one out of my perception. Um, I still like to, you know, I still have values around home cooked meals and, and things like that, but I'm okay if my house is messy. It pretty much always is messy. And um, and then we hire a maid, you know, we've got people that come and clean our house. So, so again, it's recognizing what are the values that you're holding? Let's be intentional about choosing which ones actually are the most important and to give ourselves some grace and time to kind of let go of some of those uh, perceptions we have about the other ones. Oh, that's so powerful. I think that, that idea that, you know, you can hold, you can also hold a value, but you don't, and, and say, this is important to me, but you don't have to be the one who does it all. Like who does the thing. If having a clean house is important to you, there are lots of ways to accomplish getting a clean house. Absolutely. Yeah. We can hire help. We've got, you know, teenagers at home. We've got, you know, a spouse that can, that can jump in and help, you know? So it's, it's so important that we are not thinking, you know, just because it needs to be done that we are the one who has to do it. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Other solutions is like, you know, become a minimalist, like get rid of half your crap and then you'll have half less. <laughs> major, major, you know, that's, that's so good. One of the, um, we, we one time moved from a 3000 square foot house that by the way, if you have a large house, you will fill it with crap. Okay. That's like a, I don't know what kind of law that is, but it's like the, the, the idea that there's a vacuum that it will fill the space. It's like, zoop. Oh, we've got space. Let's go to estate sales. Let's check out what's new at Ikea. So there's a principle around your time 
that your work will expand to fill your time. Ah. And I think, you know, it's the same thing. I think your, 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 your stuff will expand to fill your space. So it's so true. Yeah. So true. But we went, we went through a process. Um, we use the Marie Kondo, the magic of tidying up and we downsized from 3000 square feet to 1200 square feet in a loft That's and awesome. created a lifestyle that we were so much more excited about, like with our family in a closer knit space. And so six of us moved into 1200 square feet. Oh my God. Yeah. But it, but it was amazing how much like it shifted our lifestyle and the amount of work that we created for ourselves Yeah, by just having stuff. So I'm so glad you brought that up. There's yeah. lots of ways to shift your life so, so that it, it, uh, suits what you really want your life to look like. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, so what are, what are the areas, you know, why is mastery in high performing, um, or in high performance principles areas so important for entrepreneurs, but especially for moms? You know, I really beat myself up as a mom when, uh, so I had a business for, for nine years, about halfway into that business, um, it was getting to be really successful financially. And I was kind of like, okay, this is, this is the moment where I get to like, I get to hire people to replace me and I can, you know, do, do some other things and kind of shift a little bit. <clears throat> well, that didn't work. Uh, it's still good in theory, like, you know, but I did not execute that well. And so things kind of crashed and burned a little bit. And <clears throat> Um, I'm grateful for the experience, but I would not ask for it for again, <laughs> ask for it. Yeah. Again. But in the moment, like it was so hard because I was, I was broken emotionally. I was not there for my kids. I was crabby. I was snappy at home. I cried a lot. And it's in those moments that I'm like, why, why am I even doing this? And so I, for me, I think one of the most powerful things is, is being able to have a path and an intentionality and a purpose for what I'm doing. Otherwise, why am I doing it? Why, why would I take that time away from my kids um, if it wasn't super meaningful and I didn't have a lot of passion around it? And if I'm not going to give it my best, then why am I doing it? So I think that there, you know, this isn't going back to the men and women thing women, you know, we, we have a, we have a desire, we have a passion around our kids. And so I think whatever we do outside the home, we need to, in order to really feel fulfilled and satisfied, there needs to be an equal passion for that. And, um, when you have a passion for something, you are far more likely to be successful anyway. And so I think it all kind of goes together. Yeah. I love it. You know, and there, we can either use our, situation as an excuse for why we are not successful, or we can use it as a driving force to inspire and motivate us to be successful. Right. Absolutely. And I think there's, I think there's so many people that will use their situation with their family, with their, even with their marriage status. Right. I'll have people tell me, well, I can't do that because I'm single. And other people will say, well, I can't do that because I'm married. And, and and so it's all in our, it's all in our mindset about how we approach those things. And, and absolutely everybody, we all have seasons of life where we can do at different levels, 
Yeah. Right. And so when our kids are, you I mean, you had five kids or four kids in five years or something crazy, yeah. <laughs> you know, you, Sherry's got uh, teenagers. What are the ages? Ages 12 to 12, 13, 13 and 15. Yeah. Yeah. So it's like, you've got, you've got so, you know, you've got a season of your life where you're like, I can't do it all in this season because where my priorities are, where my priorities need to be is, is with my family and doing this thing. But then, um, but I think we have to make decisions about, you know, what do we, what do we want the priority to be in, in this season and how do we maximize on our time so that when we're dedicating time to our business, it's highly productive time. And that's part of being a high performer, right? Is like, we are using our time to its maximum potential, as opposed to just being kind of, you know, like half halfing it on, on everything and not really making traction. Cause I think that's what a lot of, that's what a lot of moms I talk to will feel like is like, like, well, I feel like I'm doing a little bit over here and I'm doing a little bit over here, but I feel guilty that I'm not spending more time with my kids. And I feel guilty that I'm not building my business at the level. And so it almost feels like the battle of the guilt and, yeah, you know, yeah. It's like a no wins. It feels like can yeah. you feel like a no win situation. Yeah. So what are some of the biggest mistakes that, that you see entrepreneurs making when they're trying to scale their business? Um, so I love the word that you used in the word of season. Um, I think maintaining that perspective is really critical. Um, cause there are some weeks where I am more absent from, you know, being available and having conversations with my kids than other weeks. But I also remind myself, okay, well, there's this thing or this whatever that I'm trying to accomplish right now. And it's okay that I focus on that because then I can take a step back when that's done or when the hard work, you know, the, the ramp up period is done. And then I can, you know, plan a a camping trip with my kids or something, you know, so this idea of balance, like, okay, equal time here, equal time there. It's always even is a complete myth that I think screws a lot of women's heads up. Thank you. Yes. (laughs) And so rather than balance, I love the word of uh, keeping things uh, in integrity. So our Mm -hmm. values keep them in integrity with themselves or, um, or that we are in integrity with our values. So even though my time may not be, um, you know, perfectly equal, there's still an alignment in what I'm doing around what I feel like is important and my integrity around, you know, what I'm doing and what I believe or what I believe. Oh, I love it. I love it. So we shouldn't necessarily strive that all things are equal. Cause I think that that yeah. idea of balance is absolutely a myth and it's, it's a destructive myth because it, it just yeah. leads to constant state of guilt. It's a constant state of I'm not enough. I can't do this. I can't be everything for everyone, but, but being in integrity. So integrity versus balance being integrity with with your life and what your values are and and accepting the seasons and the ebb and the flow that's so so powerful i love and, that and we all i mean as moms i believe we already know that all things are not equal because yeah. if were all the kids you know think about all the kids you have like each one would have to be you know you'd have to give them exactly the same of everything And if you think about that, like, you're like, well, that's ridiculous because this child needs more of this and this child needs more of this. And like, so every, every child is different and they have different needs and you have to interact with them differently. So, um, why would we treat life, you know, this other area as everything needs to be somehow equal? It's, Mm -hmm. it's not equal. 
Yeah, that's good stuff. So um, let's talk about the personal qualities for being successful as an entrepreneur. I love how you talk about values. Um, what are some of the what are some of the personal traits or qualities that um, an entrepreneur should strive to develop in their self in themselves, or could recognize in themselves and say, "Let's be more of that." Yes. So the one that sticks out to me the most is perseverance, and so this is also one of my values. And what I love about it and how I see it play out for other women is that part of my, part of my goal with my work outside of my kids is for that to be a demonstration to my kids of what's possible, especially my girls. I've got three girls and one boy. Um, I want my three girls to know that they can, there's lots of options of things they can do in life. And they're going to best understand that through my example. And my son, he will best understand that it can be amazing. See, dad has a great relationship with mom and she works and he works. They even work at home because we're both self-employed and we're not killing each other. Like it's all possible. So I, I look at what I do as a role model to my kids. And one of the things I want them to learn 100% is to persevere. Like life is not perfect. I do not make all the right decisions. Everything I do is not successful. It doesn't just take off and flourish and be amazing. There's a lot of hard work. There's tears, there's sadness, there's frustration. All of that stuff comes. But what does mom do? She perseveres and she continues on because she believes in what she's doing because it is, she values it to her core. Again, like because I'm doing something that is so incredibly meaningful and purposeful to me, I will persist. And I want my kids to learn that same trait. And so, so as women are listening to this, again, it goes back to what are the values that you hold true no matter what? And probably those are the values that you want to make sure that your kids are seeing, witnessing, and kind of adopting as their own. I love it. So I, I have affirmations that I say every day. And um, two of my affirmations are like, I love the word perseverance. Um, two of my affirmations are along those lines. One of them says, I am disciplined. I keep promises to myself and I am tenacious. I can yeah. do hard things. And that's something I want my kids to know too. Like I want them to adopt that spirit of tenacity and develop personal discipline. Cause it's something I struggled with for years. I used to say, yeah. I'm a quitter. If things are hard, I just try something easier. And so it's something yeah. I've, and so I want them, I want them to have better than I had and to do when we, when we know better, we do better. And so Absolutely. I you know there's things we can teach our kids. So I, I love that approach as a mom to think about like, what are the qualities that I want my kids to see in me? Yeah. And how can I embody those qualities and live those out in front of them? Because I think, you know, I think that when we're working or when we're building our business, we think that it's like, I'm either doing that or I'm supporting my family. But there's some really beautiful things that you yeah. can be doing to yeah. pour into your children and to be an example for them as you're building your business. Yeah. And honestly, so a story around how I, the moment that I realized how much I valued my example to them. So it's been, it's been about five years since I ran a marathon. Um, but there was, after my youngest was born, I was like, I am like so unhealthy right now. I need, you know, I need to do something. And for whatever reason, I'm like, ah, I just have, I just have this like desire to run a marathon. So, uh, so I trained for four months, ran in my first marathon, absolutely loved it. And then did it for quite a few years after that. Um, but the last mile as I was running, oh, I'm getting like teary just talking about this. It was so emotional. And of course, you know, 
all of the other things that happen physically and emotionally when running a marathon. But that last mile is, and then as I crossed the finish line, I was like literally crying, even as I was like sprinting, because I love to sprint through, uh, across the finish line. But I was crying because I was thinking like, this is what I want my girls to see me do, like be successful, like do cool stuff, hard stuff. Like, and so it just hit me like, like a ton of bricks. I probably look like just ridiculous crying as I'm running. <laughs> but it was that moment that it just, I don't know what it was. It just hit me. I'm like, oh my gosh, this is what I need my girls to see. And so ever since, like that's been a, a significant um, conscious kind of piece in the back of my mind. I'm like, okay, I got to do the things no matter how I feel about them or, you know, what fears I have, I must show them what is, what, what is possible. Oh, thank you for sharing that story. And that's, you know, I think running a marathon is such a metaphor for, for business as well yeah. as that, like, you know, we want to, we want to run this race, um, in a way that inspires yeah. our kids and that, you know, does great things for our lives and, um, and to be that example of, of tenacious. That's so good. Um, well, Dr. Sherry, um, let's talk for just a second. I want to know what are some of your favorite business books? One of the most popular topics in my Facebook group <laughs> is what book are you reading right now? So I want to hear from you. What, what's the good stuff that you've been reading lately? Uh, so a couple of the things, well, there's a lot of things I read. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Endless. Um, <clears throat> okay. So I'll do three different categories. Okay. One category is just kind of around personal development. And there's two books that Brendan has written that I think are really powerful. The first one is High Performance Habits. That is literally the book I read that I was like, oh my gosh, this is a framework that I need um, <clears throat> to, to kind of uh, be able to work the clients that I was working with to a higher level. So that one, and then he's got another book called The Charge. And so they just really break things down beautifully on how to live uh, a more um, satisfying, purposeful life. Mm -hmm. And then <clears throat> I'm also reading a book right now called Boundaries for Teens. <coughs> um, that's a really good book. So as a psychologist, um, I worked with a lot of parents and, and women, a lot of women <laughs> around boundaries. And so it's uh, uh, Dr. Cloud Townsend, Townsend and Cloud are, are the authors. And they have this whole line of like boundaries books. Um, the original one was just general boundaries, how to, how, to, uh, how to have better boundaries in relationships, different kinds of relationships. And so then that became such a success. Then they've written some like more, you know, niche books around the boundaries. So I'm, I'm going through the teen, the, the boundaries with teens right now. I, I, I'm a pretty good mom, <laughs> not perfect, but I'd like, I'm pretty, uh, I have a lot of knowledge and a lot of experience and I'm, I'm able to kind of integrate that well. And I'm pretty confident in what I do with that. But this book is like, oh my gosh, that's amazing. I'm like, oh, I should do that. So even, even though I kind of have a big background in that already, it's, it's really, there's some very key things that I'm, I'm getting out of it that I'm like, Ooh, that's good. I need to start doing that or I need to start paying attention to that. So, so that's also an awesome book. And then in finances, <clears throat> Profit First, I think is a killer. Uh, Profit First is, is basically a book around, um, uh, so it's written by Mike Michalowicz and his, his tagline is uh, eradicating entre entrepreneurial poverty, which Anybody that's not an entrepreneur, they're like, I don't get it. <laughs> but if you are an entrepreneur, you know. Yeah. 
a million dollar business does not mean you take home a million dollars. So it's really a structure, a simple structure that I'm going to throw my husband under the bus again, that even my husband's able to follow because he hates spreadsheets. He's yeah. never logged into QuickBooks. He has no idea how to really interpret a PL and a balance sheet. Um, <clears throat> so, but he's able to follow the system and it's successful. So, uh, so anyway, it's, it's a, it's a fun book that really breaks down a very dry, typically dry topic. Oh, great. I love it. Those are some good ones. So, um, well, I want to hear for just a moment, um, tell us about, because you're a high performance coach, tell us about your morning routine. Like what's your, what is your, some of your morning habits that help you stay on track for yeah. being a high performing person? So that has evolved over the years. Mm -hmm. um, it's interesting because there's two camps. There's the camp that says you must have habits. You must have this huge, robust morning, morning uh, success, uh, habits around success, or you're not going to be successful during the day. And then there's on the complete other side. And one of the big um, <clears throat> one of the biggest proponents on the completely the other side is Alex Hermosi. I don't know if you follow him. I yep. love, love, love what a lot of the stuff that he does. But he's like, why are you wasting time on habits instead of just getting after it? <laughs> um, interesting. Yeah, yeah. So it's it is pretty interesting. So I, I fall somewhere in the middle. <laughs> I do find that when I go to the gym in the morning, it wakes my body up and wakes my mind up. And so uh, my husband and I get up <clears throat> about four forty five. Um, we go to the gym together, and uh, we're there for about an hour and a half, and then we come home and you know, take showers, get the kids up, get them ready to school, get them off to school. But really the, the biggest time is that, is that hour and a half that we're at the gym. And, and some of that time, well, all of that time, I'm either listening or watching, depending on what I'm doing. So if I'm weightlifting day, then I'm listening. I always have like, always, always, always I'm listening to podcasts because I just, I, I'm, <laughs> I'm an intellectual and I love to learn, love, love, love to learn. And, um, but if I'm on, if I'm on a bike or, uh, you know, elliptical or something like that, then I prefer YouTube. And so then I'll watch, I'll watch stuff on YouTube again, throw my husband under <laughs> the bus. I will be watching my like, you know, TEDx, YouTube, whatever. And then I see him next to me and he's watching, I don't know, Spider-Man or something like that. Yeah. So, <laughs> each to their own, but, um, I'm, uh, but I've noticed and I experienced this first when I was doing marathons that when I'm really running and when I'm getting my body going, that's also when my mind starts going. And so if I'm feeding my mind at the same time that my body is moving, um, it, there just seems to be this synergy. And when I'm really learning something good and I'm just like, Ooh, that's good. I start to go faster. Like I will start to pedal faster if I'm on the bike or I will start to, you know, because it's like my mind becomes alive and my body becomes alive. So there's this interesting synergy uh, so I love learning and exercising at the same time. Awesome. I love that. I love that. So tell us what's next for you. What are the projects that you're most excited about this year? Oh my gosh, there's so many things. Um, so I'm in the, in the process, as I mentioned, of developing a uh, coaching program, a group coaching program for mompreneurs, uh, moms that are executives, moms that are professionals to really help them um, gain some more confidence about all the things that they're doing. So that's one thing. Um, <clears throat> I do some coaching, collaborative coaching with another friend of mine who's a high performance coach. Um, and we focus heavily on real estate investing, uh, serving the real estate investor client in this group. So there's there's high performance coaching in the group. There's some trainings. There is some <clears throat> multifamily mentorship 
in the group as well. So there's that. Also, I'm a leader and a co-owner of a coaching organization that trains and leads other coaches in coaching mastery and business mastery. One of the cool things that we're, we've been able to kind of grow over the last couple of years with this business is uh, being able to collaborate with organizations to provide coaching for those organizations. And specifically, uh, where we've where we've kind of built the network so far is in real estate investing. Um, mm -hmm. We're able to <clears throat> it's it's the large mentorship or you know groups uh, organized or organizations that have like met like you know pay twenty five thousand dollars for this mentorship program, but there wasn't ever coaching like actual like coaching in there, just kind of consulting or, or mentorship. So now we're coming into some of those organizations and providing coaching embedded in their mentorship program, which is amazing results and feedback on some of that stuff. So <clears throat> uh, we have an opportunity uh, with the Michael Blanc organization, which we've been working with for a while. So uh, we're going to their live event um, at the end of the month, and we're going to get to speak and interact and we're kind of embedded in the organization and be able to kind of fill the coaching need there. So there's that's another exciting thing that's happening. Um, yeah. Like, awesome. Oh, is that all? Is that all? I love it. I love it. Yeah. You know, my, my family and I, we went to uh, Kenya for a month this year, um, wow. back in February, which is also like, we, again, kind of getting, what are the values that you hold most dear? One of them for me is I want my kids to know there's endless opportunities in the world for them. Uh, I live in Wyoming. We are the least populated state in the nation. Uh, there's not a lot of diversity. Um, in thinking it's, it's kind of old school, which in some of the, some of my values align very much with that, but the, I just want my kids to understand, like, everybody's not like Wyoming. <laughs> and so, um, so yeah, we spent a month in Kenya and it was amazing. So we're kind of planning. And so I, I kind of whetted my husband's appetite for that. So I think I've convinced him to try to do this every year to kind of take a month off and travel. So, uh, so we're planning where we're going to go next year is, is kind of another thing that I'm excited about. Oh, it's so cool. I love that approach. And I think as that's one of the beautiful things as entrepreneurs is that you get to, um, you get to decide what you want your life to look like. And I think, um, yes. some of us get locked into this nine to five mentality that says we can only take two weeks of vacation a year or we're not doing the thing. And so I love that you guys are just making your own path. You're just making your life look like you want it to look and showing your kids that that's possible. Yeah. It's perfect, but that's okay. That's okay. That's okay. So um, if our listeners want to connect with you, Dr. Sherry, um, or, you know, be part of um, what you're doing, how can they find you? Uh, so my website's the best because then you can, you can book a call with me. I've, I've got options and I don't even care why you want to book a call. If you just want to chat, if you just want to, you know, pick my brain about something um, you want, it doesn't matter, but it's uh, drsherryfluellen.com, drsherryfluellen.com. Awesome. Yeah, that simple. All right. Well, we'll put that in the show notes for everyone. Um, and then Dr. Sherry, last thing, what would you challenge our listeners to do to take bold action this week? Specifically notice, and this is hard, but this is a critical piece of your path is notice where you are acting out of some unconscious beliefs. Everything that we do, every action we take is because we believe something about that action. And a lot of times we're actually acting out of beliefs we are not fully aware of. 
beliefs that were instilled, like an example that I said earlier about, my, you know, this perception of home, you know, home baked bread and like perfectly clean house all the time. Like I was functioning off of that for a little bit. Um, and it was, if I didn't recognize it, it would be extremely jam damaging, damaging to me right now, because I'd be completely violating this belief of what, what it is to be a good mom. So just start to be aware of when you're feeling crappy, technical word, crappy about yourself and start like, okay, well, why do I feel this way? Like, what, what do I feel like I'm not fulfilling? What, what are the beliefs behind this? Just kind of ask those questions. Mm. Critically important. Oh, I love that. Thank you so much. Well, Sherry, I appreciate you so much being with me today, sharing your wisdom and insights and experience with our audience. So thank you so much. You are welcome. It's my privilege. Awesome. Well, if you're listening today and you want to gain more clarity in your life and your business, um, you can reach out to Dr. Sherry, or you can also join me for a free workshop for women entrepreneurs on how to build your personal clarity, confidence, and connections. So you can increase your income, live your best life, and inspire others to do the same. You can register for my workshops for free at andreaingstrom.com. And if something on the show today with Dr. Sherry resonated with you, would you just let us know by giving a review on this podcast? podcast. Give us how many stars you think we deserve today. And if you're a woman entrepreneur, you can join my Facebook group, Bold Women in Business Sisterhood, where I share strategies for clarity, confidence, and powerful connections so you can build the business and the life that you deserve. Until next time, I'm Andrea Ingstrom, encouraging you to take action on your dreams. You are the one who makes your dreams come true. So show up to your life with power and authenticity. Be bold, be tenacious, and make it happen.